Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything to do with the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Cowie and I'm the greatest musician that ever lived. Today on the show, we've got the one and only Andy Fairweather Low. Can you believe it? I'm going to try to get Andy on the show for a while. I've interviewed Nathan East, I've interviewed Steve Gadd, I seem to be going around every individual that's in Eric Clapton's band for some reason, but uh, I was invited down to the Renfrew Ferry last week, um, unbelievable gig, Andy Fairweather Low and his entire band were fantastic, and he was supported by a good friend of mine, the fantastic Gordon Robertson. Brilliant night all in, Gordon actually features uh, on the interview as well, we managed to get Gordon involved. Um Andy Fairweather Low has been around forever, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. He's played with everybody under the sun. I don't want to spoil the interview, but this was one of the best interviews that I've been a part of. I really, really enjoyed it, and a special thanks to all of Andy's crew. Now, I don't normally do this um, because I don't want to kind of uh, let everybody know in and in the, the secrets, as it were, but John, who organised the interview, uh, can't thank him enough. That's Andy's tour manager. They made us feel so welcome, us being myself, Gordon, everyone involved, uh, Andy's road crew. They were all so, so good, uh, so good with us. And Andy Fairweather Low said himself, and I think he, managed, he actually said it on the interview, that this would be one of part one of seven on the Talk Music podcast. But anyway, glad to be back on track. More on this later, by the way, but I've been drumming recently with Zal Clements and Sin Dogs, uh, and we're going to be talking about that in detail next week. But we're going to cut to the chase right here, the one and only Andy Fairweather Low. Let's do it. Okay, I am here, back on the Talk Music Podcast, and I'm at the Renfrew Ferry, sitting out on a veranda on a very, very rare nice day in Scotland with the one and only Andy Fairweather Low. How are you, sir? I'm very well. I'm very glad to be back at the ferry, too. This is a regular... I think we've been doing this since 2006 when I started again. And, um, yeah... Our biggest problem with the with the ferry is how do we better what we did the last time we were here? So it was no, a good gig then. No, it's always a good gig. Touch wood. I mean, it'll be that way. This never take it for granted. But um, they're a great crowd. You would just tell me before we started that home for you has been back in Cardiff since two thousand um, nineteen seventy one. I went back to Cardiff. Right. Went to London sixty six with Amen Corner and went back home in seventy one. I've been there ever since. I mean, on the plane, I'm flying tomorrow, late at night, um, just because that seemed the most convenient way. Because the band live all over the place. Band live in Muswell Hill, Southend, Bournemouth, um, where else? Oh, yeah, in France. So it's, you know, it's a bit wide. So I, I chose to go on the plane tomorrow. The gentleman who's playing bass for you, I recognise him. Yeah. He's been with you a while, and I think he Since was... the very beginning. Right, okay. Yep. And so he, how did you meet him then? Um... Gary Brooker, he lives in a place called uh, Dunsfold mm -hmm. in Surrey. And for 20-something years, we would go up every Christmas and place a, a rock and roll set. Two nights in the local village and then two nights down in Southend. And Dave has been part of that setup. It's called No Stiletto Shoes. Every now and again in the beginning, Eric Clapton would come because he lives in that area. That's where I really met Eric, that he would turn up at those Christmas bashes. Albert Lee's turned up. Um, and we just we just play some rock and roll and things we like to play, and that's where it stemmed from. And then uh, Dave was uh, also has been with Eric on the um, from the Cradle tour and the album. Uh, and last year we toured Japan with with Eric, 
and did his last album, I Still Do. I'm sure that's what it was called. Yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't matter. We did his last album. Um, uh, so Dave's very much a part of this setup, and we're losing him now. Tomorrow he goes off to play with Tom Jones. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. So a, a lot of the same musicians that I've seen uh, for, for, for decades now, one of the other um, guys, now when, I, when this interview got confirmed, I dropped him an email, and he's asking for you. And he says he really likes your playing and he misses you so much. And that man's name is Nathan East. Oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah, I miss Nathan. We had a great time. We had the greatest time. And Nathan's done his solo albums too. Mm -hmm. Nathan is, is an all-encompassing bass player. He's, um, in fact, we did the tour of Japan, 1990. And uh, with him and Greg Fillingaines too in the band. I mean, what the hell am I doing in that company? I've no idea. I'm seeing, I mean, Nathan has played with the, he played with Herbie Hancock, for goodness sake. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, if you made tea for Herbie Hancock, you'd have a reason to be there. Uh, but to be the bass player for Herbie Hancock, for Eric, for you name it, the list is, is long. And uh, he's a fabulous man. He's a, I, I really, I miss him because I don't, do, he's now, he did play with Eric this year with Steve Gadd as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, well, I suppose basically we got fired. <laughs> Because we were the last band that did his album, and we did Japan. And uh, it's a funny old world, because you find out, out on the web that you're not doing the gig. You know, you, go, you look, well, who's in the band? Oh, hell, we're not in the band. Don't get me wrong, it's not, it's not an issue. It's, it's, it's fine, but it's a funny old world, I'm telling you. You mentioned Steve Gadd there, not yes. to continue with my, my, my silly little name dropping here, but I've been very fortunate because he's been on as well. So I'm going really? around the whole band. Oh, I'm going around yeah, the whole band. Good. It's all good. Now, he is, of all the, the bandmates that I work with, he's the closest one that, um, you know, we, we struck up a friendship still to this day. Uh, we'd run every day on the road in the morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, you got to do something. Um, and then uh, we just got on really well. At, he got me involved with uh, Edie Brickell, uh, with a band called The Gadabouts, which we made three albums. I think only two have come out too. But uh, so, and that was Steve Gadd, myself, Pino, and Edie. And uh, we had a great time, absolute fabulous time. He is the man, he is absolutely, as they he's say. He's special. Yeah, no, he is. He's he, he very, and he goes from everything. I saw him play with this guy, Michel Petrucciani. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then he came to play with us. So he'd gone, it'd be like a 12 bar or I shot the sheriff to real serious jazz in a blink. Mm -hmm. Now I do what I do and I'm fabulous in my little pocket and I don't move out of that and I can't jump ship. He could jump ship anywhere he wants. I mean, he did Paul Simon, I think for 25, maybe more than that. Um, yeah, no, he's a good man. Was he like in the studio then, seeing seen recording? Obviously we, we, we've seen him live a million times, but you've been there, I'm assuming, in the studio and recording. Oh Is yeah. He super quick. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like um, most of the great musicians, they're not pretending to be anybody. I mean, I pick up the guitar, I'm always trying to be somebody. Uh, Eric's always just Eric, and they just play. We play with Billy Preston, did a tour with Billy Preston, a couple of albums with Billy Preston. And he had a serious ailment, which meant that he would be sleeping for a lot of the time. Um, and you go... You tap him up and say, right, we're off now, Billy. And he'd get on that organ, and within a second, he was on it. Mm -hmm. And he made that thing sound like nobody else could do it. Nobody could play the organ like Billy Preston. Mm -hmm. Richard T was another guy. I never played with Richard T, but I wish I had. But those two guys took over the instrument and made it their own. Mm -hmm. A bit like Eric with a guitar. 
Albert Lee does it too. Yeah. You give him any guitar, you give him my guitar, and he sounds like Albert Lee. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I had Albert Lee's guitar, it'd sound like me. You know, it wouldn't work. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't really work. But yeah, no, good, good people. I've been lucky, and that all stems through working with with Eric too. Those people got to play with BB King, uh, Otis Rush, uh, Gatemouth Brown. You know, Jimmy Vaughan. Big fan of Jimmy Vaughan. Yeah, Vaughn. yeah, Jimmy Vaughan's like, great. I like, I like Jimmy Vaughan. Yeah, so, me too. Did you get a chance to play with Buddy Guy? Yeah, yeah, we did uh, many times. But, oh, you know, it's that guest thing where the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, Buddy would come on. Uh, we'd be in Chicago and we do Sweet Home Chicago or ah. something. Um, and let's get it straight. I'm in the, I'm in the shadow. I've met these people, uh, you know, three weeks in the studio with B.B. Mm. King, maybe more. I think it was a bit more. He never called me by my name. And he would not have known if I'd not been there, if you know what I mean. No, I mean I'm playing, but that's... But when you're working with Eric, the focus with whoever's in there is on Eric. Very few people spread it wider, wider than that. So yeah, I play with Buddy Guy, but you know, I'm, yeah, I was there. <laughs> it was great. So let's talk about Eric then. Talk to us about the very first time, the very first conversation. Where was it? Can you remember it? Is it, is it vague or is it very clear? Uh, first, first time was I got a telegram. I got a telegram just after Bebop and Holler. Uh, uh, my, my third album for A&M and things weren't going well. Punk had come along and things were not going well for me. And uh, I got a telegram saying, uh, keep up the good work, you know, best wishes. Eric Clapton, I thought it was a joke. I absolutely thought it was a joke. Um, and then one late night going down to this club, I was going down the stairs and he was coming up. And, um, and I prompted him, I said, bye, I'm Andy Fairweather alone. He said, no. I thought you were smaller, which is very first grant. And I said, no, that's me. Um, did you send me a telegram? Because I thought it was a bit of a joke. He said, yeah, I did. He liked Spider Jiving. He, mm -hmm. he liked that album a lot. In fact, when I got to the Crossroads Guitar Festival 2013, he asked me to play that song. And I went, yeah, yeah, of course I will. You know, of course I will. <laughs> uh, and then the Arms Tour with Ronnie Lane. Mm -hmm. We did a couple of days at the Albert Hall. Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, Charlie Watts. Uh, Stevie Winwood was there, but Paul Rogers came to America. Joe Cocker was there. Um, so two days in England and then a tour of America, like a major cities. I spent a lot of time with him then. But the big break came in 1990, when I got asked to do the George Harrison tour of Japan. It was Eric's band, but I just joined the band to be on that tour and tour Japan with uh, George Harrison pretty special. So half a day in the rehearsal and I get off at the gig uh, at the Albert Hall with Eric. Amazing. And it's, that went for 13 years. But the Roger Waters gigs went for 24 years, you know, so, and I'm, 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 I'm all right. I'm, I'm not worthy of two of the best jobs. If you know what I mean, there are better people out there, but I got the jobs and I loved them. And I did leave too, because I had to leave so I could play. Right, right. so you could just, do your own thing. Yeah, I just spent, 24 years of another brick in the wall, you know, and, uh, and living in someone else's life, playing other, mm. other people's songs. Mm. And with Eric, it was great. All the soundtracks were great. All the albums were great. Mm. And I was learning. And my job was to play a part, mm. specifically sit in the pocket mm. and be the rhythm guitar player. But as, as 24 years went on, I wanted to be the lead guitar player. Mm. You know, and there's only one lead guitar player in Eric's band, you know. So, um, so yeah, so we moved on, but I've been back. Since I left in 2004 or whatever it was, I've been back, yeah, I've been back maybe four times in the band, went back for the last album. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a, good, he's a good friend, he's a good man. 
uh, and I'm godfather to his daughter. So it's a good wow. It's a good thing. He's a good man. He does better things with his life than I think I do. You know. From the Cradle tour, now that's the the blue. That was a blues kind of. For people who don't know, that's the kind of blues versions of different songs yeah. and everything, right? Now, if you remember, there was a video. Or what was then a video, now a DVD, I'm sure it's available, of you guys rehearsing and doing sound checks. Do you remember that, right? Yes, I do. Now, it's a very interesting little moment there, right? He drops his plectrum or something like that, right? Oh, that, yeah. And you kind of take yeah. the mickey out of him a little bit, right? Yeah. Now, just from a guy that doesn't know anything, who's looking onto this, I think he really likes you and you're there. It seems to be you're the guy that can be really honest with him. You know, you can kind of take the piss out of him a little bit, and all the rest of it. Is that, is there something in that? No, there's something in, you have to be honest. Mm -hmm. I've seen members come in and, um, you know, it, it could be as little as, you know, he likes wearing brown shoes, you know, and you go, yeah, I like brown shoes too. It was just after that, Got you. but then he'll change his mind. And then if you like brown shoes, because he likes brown shoes, you're in big, it's as daft as that. It's a silly yeah. little thing. If you don't like brown shoes, no, I bloody hate brown shoes. You know, he hated my boots once. I had a, these big boots on. And uh, he went, because he's a big fashion man, big right. fashion man. He looked at me, he said, you're wearing those Tony Morrow boots? He said, yeah, he said, I mean, they're, they're awful. I, I said, I like them. He said, you don't care that I don't like them? He said, no, I don't care you don't like them. I like them. And it kind of, you have to be, oh, it's yeah, a simple. Right. Just be honest. Don't right. don't play a game, um, and be focused. Mm -hmm. I loved a gig. Mm -hmm. I loved, I, you know, I loved having to play um, Lay Down Sally. I loved having to play Cocaine, whatever it was. Uh -huh. A lot of the Americans came along uh, that we've had it sometimes, and to them it was just a silly little song. I mean, you got to know the history yeah. of, of what it is. And I was in that, you know. Mm -hmm. I had a Blind Faith poster up on my wall. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. At Telecaster, and I thought. And I was there and I loved it. And I always focused. I always focused on the gig. Never took my mind off it. Very interesting. If you can, can you give us another example of another time where you were honest with Eric, aside from the shoes? Oh God, no. Uh, I mean, I'll have to think about that. Um, well, we can come yeah. back to Okay, good, yeah. You mentioned guitars there, you mentioned Telecasters, right? Sound checks sounding great, by the way. That acoustic's lovely. I love to, yeah, we're keen on that acoustic. If I could pin you down to name me two or three of your favourite guitars that you own, what would you say? Oh, yeah, I've got a, an old Gibson uh, at home, which doesn't come out. It's on the cover of Sweet Soul for Music. My mate got it out of a skip down the bay in Cardiff. And uh, uh, I bought him off, it, off him for, I think it was £47. Pound in a, oh, God knows what the year was. And I said, if you ever want it back, you can have it back for £47. Pound. And it's a little F-hold arch top. I think it's... Don't know what the, the the model make is it, but it's about 1947, and it doesn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's fabulous. The night guitar, little mm -hmm. black guitar that I play mm -hmm. live. That's that's a beast. That's made by a father and son. Best intonation, all mm -hmm. styles. Um, and I've now got a little airline which I'm going to play tonight. Yeah. One pickup. Wow. That comes out for a couple of songs, and that is a beast. It's small, mm -hmm. three quarter scale. Uh, when I bought it, it was green, and I can't play a green guitar, so I got it sprayed blue. I'm see, it's just daft. So, uh, and it had two pickups, and I only need one. Mm -hmm. I just need one good pickup. I don't need two pickups. So I took the one off, and this thing looks like a toy, mm -hmm. but it's coming out tonight. I've got, 
going back to the from the cradle thing, an orange guitar. I've got in my mind you're playing a big orange guitar or a big kind of great. No, a big, big Gibson. Right. Big, big L5. Great. Yeah, no, I love that. In uh, This night now is easier to handle. The, the L5, I've, I've got a couple of L5s, and I had to pump it full of foam mm -hmm. because it kept feeding back on A at any level. It just fed back. Um, because it was full of foam, it was heavy. It's a big guitar. Uh, I used to sit down when I played it. Um, but I love and that, uh, that guitar I bought too in, in 70. Wow. Uh, I've got a black one too. That's my favorite. Big black L. Yeah, yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. This is ringing, Beautiful. That's ringing a bell. Yeah, that was on one more car, one, one more rider. Welcome. We've got Gordon uh, Robertson joining Gordon. us. Yeah. Joining us. Yeah. We're talking guitars. You've yeah, came in at the right moment. Yeah. Talking guitars. Now, um, I watched a YouTube clip of you earlier. You were in here, it was Celtic Connections, 2015. Without our bass player, I might know. Right. He was, he'd just come back from holiday. Oh, really? So we had to say, do we do the gig? Because he, he arrived for the next day, because mm -hmm. we played the O2, whatever it is. Yeah. Here. So that was fine, but it was, do we do the show without a bass player? And he went, yeah, all right, we'll give it a go. First time ever, so we won't do it again. Okay, okay. <laughs> On that particular gig, somebody that you mentioned that Gordon and I are a huge fan of, you mentioned Tommy Emmanuel. Oh, and you were yeah. giving him high praise. Yeah, well, not high praise. I met him at the hotel. hotel right? see? And uh, so we got back and he'd finished his gig. And I thought, he was still in the bar. We were going to bed. And, he's, and then he, so we're following down the corridor and he said, hey, come in here now. So so went in the room straight away, out with the guitar. Oh, really? Yeah, and he's, and he's this fabulous guitar that's made in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing, and he's talking to me. And he's doing all this, all this stuff. It's like, and then I saw his show, he came to Cardiff recently. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I, I was, I was, you know, I was ill, I had a real severe cold. Um, so I sat and watched the show and I didn't go, didn't go back after and say hello, cause he'd phoned up and said, you gotta come to the show. Mm -hmm. um, and then I let him know that I was at the show. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But he was like that when he was 18. Right. It's like, there's no difference. It's. Um, uh, I don't know where it's going to stop. And I don't know. I don't know how you get from, let's play the guitar, to get to there at 18, let alone where you are now. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do it. You can tell he loves it. You can tell oh, he's no, he playing, he does, loves it. Yeah, he's not, there's, not, there's nothing in between. Yeah. You know, uh, if he could play it on the plane, I'm sure he'd play it on the plane, <laughs> you know. Uh, if he was sitting here now, he'd be playing. He'd be talking to you, but he'd be playing. And he'd be playing unbelievable things. Yeah, I mean, it's he is, he is, yeah, ridiculous. He is. Tell me about the Who. How did that come about? You did you cover for Townsend? What what went on there? Well, I did. I did do that, but and that's just ridiculous. But I did. Um, no, Glyn Johns who produced my uh, produced my album, um, and Glyn produced the Who, and I happened to be staying with him. That's all. And they were doing Who Are You? And uh, and and then Peter said, "Well, tell Andy to come down and do some vocals." And so I did. I went down. I sang on about six or seven tracks. Um, and I'd known, I'd known Pete in any rate, only lightly because we'd done gigs together, you know, when I'd aim in corner be on the, on the bill. Um, and then the next thing must have been, there was one more album, yeah, where he was 93, no, he was being cleaned out. And again, I was at Glyn's house and they were all there. I'm thinking, well, what are we going to do? And Glyn said, well, let Andy play. So just to fill in the gaps, for give him something to do in the day, I would turn up and play. And I did, I played for a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, with Kenny and, and John and, and Roger, the loudest bass player I've ever heard, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
got involved in working on the song that John had written. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Pete came back. And when he came back, there was no room. You don't need another guitar player. Mm -hmm. it just, it, it's, when he hits an A chord, the A chord's big <laughs> enough. You don't make it any bigger by hitting it. And if there's a gap, there's meant to be a gap. Mm -hmm. So after about a couple of hours, I said, I'll tell you what, Pete, I'll go and, I'll go and play tennis. And he went, yeah. Not nastily, but yeah. Um, and then the next thing was 93, Psychedelic tour of America with him. That's his, so is that his solo stuff? Yes, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. He was, he was, he was yeah, best not to say, but no, it was very interesting tour. Okay. Know, very oh. interesting tour. He was very angry. Um, it was all fabulous, but yeah, too many incidents. Got you. Okay, all rock and roll. Yeah, no, it was, and we were all in a straight line, and we were playing music to the the kind of the musical that he'd written. Mm -hmm. We had a couple, we had three actors there as well, which would be on stage, uh, but we were all in a line. So Simon Phillips, who's, who's yeah, yeah, yeah. Who built a house uh, in the middle. That's right, yeah. And Pino was the other side of Simon Phillips. Did he do that gig as yeah. well? And, um, and Phil Palmer. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'd look to the right, I wouldn't be able to see anybody mm -hmm. because of the shed. <laughs> um, and basically, uh, the conversations through that tour were between Pete and Simon Phillips. The rest of us never got much of a, you mm -hmm. know, never knew what we were going to do. Yeah, I, I've got lots of questions to ask you about that. But, I, but obviously we can't. I've no, got no, lots he, of questions about Simon Phillips. A, smashed a few guitars too. Right. Which obviously the audience loved, but. Right. But like, Simon Phillips, he's, 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 he's different. He really is different. Yeah. That's the impression I get. It's in well, a good way. He's a genius, but you know. Simon Phillips, great quote. They're playing Montreal. It's a horrible sounding room. It's like a, a town hall or, you know, you know, civic hall. And Robert Collins is doing the sound, this guy that does sound for Eric as well. So mm -hmm. he does them both. And uh, we're doing the sound check. And um, it's one of the first people that told Pete he had to turn down. You know. How did that go? Fine. He went, yeah. yeah. No, I'm serious. Because if you're playing that loud on stage and you're expecting someone out there to mix it, right, there's nothing right, I can right. do. You're playing so loud. I can't, you know, control. So, so no, he took that. But then Robert Collins said to Simon Phillips, oh, I'll never forget this. Simon, can you hear the bass? To which he said, I don't need to hear the bass. Because he didn't. His gig is him. He had his own monitor set up. Mm -hmm. he had, and it was, the gig was him and Pete. Yeah. And the rest of us were just fairly superfluous to what was going on. And that's the way, you know, I'm, I'm perfect, I was happy with that. It's. Mm -hmm. um, Pete was happy with that, so that'll do. But mm -hmm. the rest of us were just there, mm -hmm. you know, in Simon's world. Yeah, wow. he, he can play. He can play. Yeah, he can yeah. play. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It is You know, ridiculous. the left yeah. hand yeah. and the yeah. right hand is yeah. mad. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned yeah. earlier, you said a very interesting thing, because obviously you, you've, you've done so much. You've been you've played with everybody and more. Um, yeah, you said an interesting thing. You said there's people better, but yeah. I get these gigs. I do. You have to, if there's bits of advice that you would give to young musicians, who are great, but they're, they're not getting the situation that you're in. Because obviously you've got a lot more. It's not just the guitar playing. It's not just the singing. There's the, more the, to listen, it Listen, the, the, the gig's a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. That's not what gets you the gig. Your playing can get you the gig, but it won't keep you the gig. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be traveling 16 hours with someone a day, yeah. you know, in their company for three months or six months. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn to be self-sufficient, you know, and um, 
you know, they don't want to be looking after you. They don't want to be, it's their world's their world. Got you. So don't, you know, if you ever get it, like I say, there are better players. Everywhere I go, there are better players. We played this place uh, up in Bridlington and I arrived early and it's an, an old theater and there's a, an, a, a trio, an, you know, old guys playing guitar, bass uh, and piano. Uh, and I'm, I'm listening. Guitar player's bloody phenomenal. You're an old guy. Great, great sound. Great playing. I'm going, what's that sound like? You know, there's four old pensioners there with tea mm -hmm. and biscuits, you know, and that's, that's it. That's their day. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to play in the night and there'll be more people in, in the theater. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I'm serious. I don't know how I get the gigs. I don't know how I keep them either, but you know, but, but also not many people wanted to be a rhythm guitar player. That's the truth. Right, Most people right. pick a guitar, want to be a lead guitar player. Mm -hmm. Well, I was happy for 24 years mm -hmm. being a rhythm guitar player. Mm -hmm. I'm not anymore. Amazing. Jogging with Steve Gadd. Brilliant. Yeah, no, That's he's, great. He, he's mad. He's That's mad. great. And he has to do it, by the way. We, right. would, we would run, we'd go for an hour. We'd go 30 minutes out and 30 minutes back. And if we got back, this, this, is, this sums up the Gadmeister. If we got back at 57 minutes, he'd have to run for those extra three minutes. He couldn't go right now. We're back now. It's got to be an hour. It's, got, it's an hour. And it's got mm -hmm. to be an hour. And I'm going, but we're back. You go. Right. Right, that's it. Timing, in it? Yep. Timing. Something to do with timing. timing. Drumming. Yep. Something to do with that. There's a joke in there somewhere. We would play a number with, with Eric. Uh, oh, I can't think what it was called now. But I'd look at what he was doing. I mean, my body had start moving like that. And I couldn't figure out what he was doing that was making me... And I'm looking, I'm thinking, well, I know you're doing that. What else is going on here? Uh, why, where's this rhythm coming from? Uh, it's, it's pretty. And I've sat at that kit and played, you know. Oh, you tapped it. The Yamaha thing. Yeah. It sounded bloody awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, boing, boing, ring, ding, dong. He gets on it. <laughs> bass drum. Nah, he could hit that bass Great. drum. As, as a dynamic, every now and again. Boom. Mm -hmm. It was like a gun. Uh, I, it's, it, that's his thing. It's the dynamics, isn't it? He's yeah. yeah. just he's phenomenal. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand no, it. No, no. You play? I, I'm a drummer, yeah. Oh, well, right. They're, they're, yeah, no. And I, I don't understand it. No, no. So forget it. Yeah. What have yeah. we got? Going Down Slow was the song that we used to play. Going Down and, Slow. Yeah. And uh, he just got this thing going, and I just couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Because mm -hmm. I know the fundamentals. I know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why is this extra bit yeah. coming in? Yeah. We get, cause he's, when he goes up the right symbol, it's the dynamics in his right hand. Anyway, sorry, drummer yeah, talk. Yeah, Everybody no, switched no, off yeah, by yeah. now. It's all good. Yeah. Andy Fairweather Low, Gordon Robertson. It's been an absolute pleasure. Promise me that this is just going to be part one of seven because there's so much to talk about. Oh, we'll yeah, get, no, get you good, on at some yeah, point. No, yeah, come, absolute come pleasure. Look forward Gordon. to seeing it tonight. Yep. And um, thanks again. My pleasure.